LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single Monday. It's just me today. And uh, that's to my benefit because I have two people I get to speak to today uh, who have planted a church in Adelaide. And that's what we're talking about today, church planting in Adelaide. So you have pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. And as we do that, let me introduce you to our guest today, Miriam and Duncan Andrews. How are you guys? Hey. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good Good to be here. Now you you are sort of in Adelaide, but not quite in Adelaide. Uh, what was it that drew you apart from the beautiful wine country and the amazing people in Adelaide? What was it that drew you over to Adelaide from college? Well, I distinctly remember being in the about was it about halfway through um, Duncan's final year of Bible college? I think I was about I don't know six seven months pregnant. Yeah, and. Um, Duncan came home with a guy called John Warner who'd, who'd flown over from Adelaide to Sydney to talk to the Bible College students about the, the great gospel need over in Adelaide. And John Warner literally walked into our lounge room and sat me down <laughs> in my full full pregnant state and he just he cast the vision, he gave the statistics, he gave the plan for how the Trinity Network is trying to reach Adelaide and all of South Australia through church planting. And I think I just thought, well, I guess I guess we're going. <laughs> I think by the end of the, I think by the end of that day we were basically booked on a flight, weren't we? Yeah. To come out and have a look. So Yeah, it's good. So he he's a he's a persuasive man, John Warner. He is, I find yeah. him a very persuasive <laughs> man. And uh, so you planted out. Which church did you head to and plant out of? Yeah, so we were we were an unusual, uh, I guess, way that our church came about. So I was working as the assistant pastor at um, uh, Trinity Church up in Aldgate, which is up in the Adelaide Hills, out just outside of the city. Beautiful spots. Um, yeah, so I was the assistant pastor there, and um, uh, meanwhile there was a group of people from where we currently live, uh, who were travelling up to another Trinity church in a place called Mount Barker, which is was about an hour's drive away. So there was a, uh, yeah, there was a, a, a group uh, who were travelling up there for church and uh, they started a Bible study group down here on the south, what we call the south coast, uh, the, the region, the area that we live in. And... Um, uh, that group really quickly grew in momentum, and there was there seemed to be a real hunger and need down here for something more to be started. And uh, that the the long story short is that 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 led to a number of conversations where uh, we went from our church with a group of people from another church to start this extra church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you planted out the, a number of. Uh, Episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago, we, we talked about church planning models, just different models. So Trinity Network as a whole um, works on a, a, a modified multi-site uh, model. Uh, the mother-daughter uh, that uh, modified multi-site again, but heading towards independence. And then there's a parachute plan. 
What what model would you classify Victor Harbour in? Uh, I tried to put this into words. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go with yours. So, yeah. so um, I put it into it's a great-granddaughter slash conjoined twin slash core team needs a pastor mashup. <laughs> it's always so clean, church planning, isn't it? Always so yeah. clean. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was basically the coming together of the planter in one church a core group of people who wanted to plant a church from a different church into a third location and we just threw that all together. Yeah. Wing in a prayer. <laughs> the the mother-daughter sort of church plant model, I guess, is closest to what we did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just got a note from uh, the producer saying episode 128, so just a little plug for church planning models. But the reality is when you're planning, you, you do whatever you need to do in order to get the thing up and going. Um, so have, mm, you, yeah. know, you go in with as much clarity as you can, but when you're on the ground, um, yeah, you do what you need to do in order to reach the people you're trying to reach. So what, what have you, as you've planned it, what have been the biggest challenges you guys have encountered? The challenge for me is I can no longer walk into any public venue whether it's a golf club a cafe a library a school gym without thinking how would church work in here (laughs) (laughs) because we've been renting our venue the whole way through and then we couldn't use it during COVID and we didn't know if we were going to be able to get back in and then we're thinking of doing a new plant out of our current church so we went to a wedding reception on Saturday night and as we were driving there we're like this looks like a sizable venue right in the centre of the population of this area. So, yeah, but on a more serious note, um, I think I found it very hard actually before we planted down here. So I, I think it, yeah, when we first left our home church when we started Bible college so that Duncan could do his ministry training position at another church. Yeah, Yeah. so how many church? We had to do three. You had to be a minister in training at three different churches through college. Is that right? Oh, that's what we did, yeah. That's what we did. Um, So if you think about that, that means over four years you've been in four different churches and we moved. That was also about three different Three different house houses as well. And then three kids across that time um and that was before we left college then we left college so then you got another church and another house and another community another community and yeah so I think I was just pretty exhausted at that point that was before we started seriously thinking about planning this church so I think that was and I just bring that up um, because that was the biggest challenge for me. But I just assume that that's fairly common for um, especially planners' wives because often, um, yeah, the the phase of your family life of having babies and little children coincides with going to college and that usually entails lots of changing of churches and houses as well. So, yeah. Just a shout out to any planners, wives out there, if you're feeling like completely at the end of your tether. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. 
And maybe they may, I'm just throwing it out there, maybe it's worth rethinking some of that because um, what do we do as, you know, senior leaders in church? If we see one of our church members just kind of going from one church to another to another, we say, you know, that's probably not really great for your spiritual health and yeah, but we require it of people in ministry. Having said that, we we did learn a lot from the different churches. Oh, we totally. Went to. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things the assessment process we see often happening for people who are planting churches is it brings husbands and wives onto the same page. So often the guy is off running forward planting the church in their head, as where the wife is is because they've got two or three young kids sometimes, and they're grappling with all the logistics about moving around constantly. Um, to actually bring them onto the same page um, is a huge and have that conversation, that consistency. Planting as you've kind of gone along, anything changed in your head? Yeah, uh, um, not too much. I, the one thing I can really think of is a growing conviction about team ministry and its benefits. So I don't think that was really something that I had when we started um, and perhaps was a little, yeah, sceptical or something about that, but... Um, I think I've, as we've embraced that, I've really seen the benefits of you know a, a team ministry model where um, we're bringing alongside others and investing in them and giving them ministry sort of distinct ministry portfolios and areas that they can really invest in and lead in. Um, so that's uh, yeah, I guess a, a growing conviction for me. I think of. I've shifted in, so yeah. You're not talking about paid people who are paid either, are you? No, not necessarily. No, no. So um, yeah, we um, have seen real uh, a great benefit and fruit from um, yeah putting people into significant ministry positions. Um, yeah, just uh, who are lay members of our church, lay leaders in our church. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, whatever. Well, I think I've changed my mind about just the concept of planting a church. I think when we were at college there was a handful of maybe even just one person we knew who was going to plant a church and I thought, why would you, why would you do that? I mean, there's already denominations set up and aren't you just diluting the the effort or, yeah. Um, but now I really see, yeah, the I guess the the missional edge that, planting a church brings um I had another thing that I changed my mind about which was I tried really really hard to talk Duncan out of being a church pastor because I I understood that that would mean I'd be a pastor's wife and I didn't fancy that idea at all um I I assumed it would lead to um uh, endless, I don't know, no, wait, how can I put this? You had <laughs> a stereotypical vision in your head of the pa- the pastor's wife. Right? Yes, it's like that it would involve lots of baking and cups of tea and, you know, weeping and... <laughs> weeping. <laughs> weeping? Is that because of the baking horse? <laughs> weeping at, looking out of, of windows across barren landscapes and, <laughs> and I don't know. And just answering the the unexpected knock on the door, and that sort of thing. So I I really I, was, I suggest don't. What about you know school chaplaincy? What what about uni ministry? What about 
you'd be a great teacher. Um, anyway, so I've changed my mind about being a church pastor because I, <laughs> there you go, that was a Freudian slip, um, about being a pastor's wife because I actually love it um, and I've realised that there's heaps of, like, scope um, in being a part of a planting couple. There's heaps of scope for the female to basically write her own job description um and so yeah I feel like I'm I've got the best of all worlds like I can do as much ministry as I like and I can do the type I'm interested in having said that the leadership team has to prove it <laughs> I've probably given the wrong impression that I got just free <laughs> no <laughs> what <well>, is it <laughs> I, I free think scope he- of Hearing you dunk and talk about team ministry and then reflecting on what you're saying there, Miriam, as well. The thing I've I've one of the things I've admired about you guys from from a distance of all the way over in Queensland is you are a team. You are you are uh, the initial team of that church plan, and you have worked like that over the past few mm. years. I've seen you, um, and so you know everyone's wired differently in marriages and ministries, and you've got to work out how you do that together. But for you guys to be on the same team as I've witnessed. Um, yeah, it's, there's a real power in that. It's amazing. It's great. Um, okay, one one encouraging story. Give us one encouraging story. My encouraging story is the story of Yuki and the Jumping Castle. Because So this was a few years ago. It was our church's um, carols event, which we make like lots of advertising. And my job was to hire a jumping castle. And I remember doing it, obviously, at the last minute. And... Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to get the biggest one. So, I, and I thought, can I justify this? I was like, just do it. So I ordered the biggest one and it was so awesome. Um, and then as, as I think one of the first people to walk in was Yuki, who was about three and his mum and dad. And Yuki just, when he walked in and saw the jumping castle, it was just like, his all his dreams had come true and he went on the jumping castle and his parents were not going to leave after that. And um, we had, I had a chat with his mum and dad and they weren't Christians, but they said, you know, we just sort of had this idea, maybe we'll go to a church. And we looked on Facebook and we saw that this was happening. So we just came along. So now those guys, now he is um, in Bible college and uh, he's helping start a new... Not Yuki. No, not Yuki. So I should work on that with Yuki. Um, but, yeah, his dad. So the, the families are Christians now and they're um, core, core leaders in the church and heading up our uh, very early days of the new plant that we're hoping to do in another town and um yeah so that's my encouraging story like you just get out there and you make the opportunity for people to meet Jesus and then it happens and man I could live off that um (laughs) knowing that 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 happened uh for a long time yeah totally (laughs) yeah that's good well we're going to drive towards the end of this episode with a clip from the vision video A few years ago in Sydney, billboards were erected at railway stations for commuters to read on their way home from work. They said, you'd be home by now if you lived in Adelaide. Adelaide's a great place to live. 
We have stunning beaches, outstanding wineries, easy access to bushwalking in the outback. We've got world-class sporting facilities, stacks of festival and culture, and we still have affordable housing. It's accessible, it's friendly. But the most significant thing you need to know about Adelaide is that it has over a million people who desperately need Jesus. Holy Trinity Church was a church plant from England over 180 years ago. The congregation now meets in the oldest church building in the heart of the city of Adelaide. But we're not that interested in old buildings. What we really want to do is reach new people for Jesus. The Trinity Network is a growing church planting movement. We're a movement because our aim is to plant churches that plant churches so that in God's providence, we might see exponential gospel growth. Our prayer is that these gospel communities will impact everyone in South Australia with the life-changing news about Jesus. There are lots of practical reasons why church planting makes sense. Research indicates that church planting is one of the most effective ways to connect with unchurched people. But church planting is not just a pragmatic exercise in effective evangelism. At the heart of it all is something much more profound. We plant churches to reach people because God stepped into this world to reach out to us. So we courageously and lovingly proclaim the gospel. We want people to have the opportunity for a life that endures, to be with God for eternity. We need to plant churches because at the end of the day, heaven and hell hang in the balance. Can you imagine a city with hundreds more vibrant gospel proclaiming churches established across the suburbs and towns impact their local communities with love and generosity? Can you imagine thousands of passionate disciples meeting to pray for their neighbours, their workmates, families and friends? And can you imagine God calling unbelievers to himself through these new churches? This is the prayerful desire and the heartbeat of the Trinity Network. We are ordinary people who have an extraordinary God who can do all things. All right, Duncan and Miriam, what's the one thing you want to say about church planning? Uh, I'd say ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field and pray it knowing that he may send you. Hmm. That's a scary prayer to pray, isn't it? <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming on. Amazing to hear how God has led you to Victor Harbour and um, amazing to hear how he's worked through you. And uh, raising up next generation of leaders, it sounds like as well, uh, in and around. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks Eric. for having us. It's been great. So yeah. Now, just as we finish off, uh, just a few things in the toolbox. You can go and see uh, Victor Harbour and Trinity Page. Let me encourage you. Have a think. If you're thinking about where to plant, where to do ministry, you should email Lee Andrews and see about Victor Harbour. You know, you can go to the church's webpage there. Uh, if you're thinking about planting, genevapush.com forward slash planting Australia. Uh, that's our new uh, podcast and courses just in thinking, helping you think through uh, who you're trying to reach, how you're trying to reach, what it looks like to plant. Um, if you are moving towards planting, we want to encourage you to get assessed. 
it will sharpen your thinking into whether uh, you're in the right place at the right time, thinking how to reach the uh, the people of Australia with the gospel and possibly beyond. So GenevaPush.com forward slash get assessed. That's all for me. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. <laughs>